Hey everybody, this is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's great to have you with us today in our ongoing midweek teaching series. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount in a series we've called A Path Forward, but today we're going to do something a little bit different. Today we're sort of pausing that series, that journey through the Sermon on the Mount, which we'll pick back up next Wednesday, because today is the day after the election. Now, I recorded this video several weeks prior to the election, but I was just praying and thinking through where we're going to be as a society, where we're going to be as a nation, where we're going to be as a church, and today is the first Wednesday of November, so I thought it would be a a good idea just to kind of pause the Path Forward series and take a few minutes just to encourage and strengthen you. Now, once again, I recorded this several weeks ago, so I have no idea what the outcome of the election was. I don't know who won, um, and I I don't know how you're feeling or even how I'm feeling today (laughs) in the aftermath of that. But here's what I know, that you and I in Christ have a hope that is not based in who won the election. And for all I know, they're still trying to figure it out in the craziness of 2020. Who knows if 24 hours later they even fully know yet. But no matter if the person you hoped for won or lost, in Jesus Christ you have a savior and a king that is not dependent on the outcome of an election in the United States of America. I'm not saying politics don't matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter for us to engage. I think we should engage. I think we should pray. I think we should work um, at, for the common good of our society. But I just want to encourage you today, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what the outcome was, that we have a king and we serve in a kingdom that is sure and steadfast and is not going to be shaken by the outcome of the 2020 U.S. election. So several years ago, this is um, right around the third anniversary since I started serving here at Parker Ford Church as the church pastor. And I remember several years ago meeting with our worship planning team and saying, you know, 2016 was crazy. That just all of the contentiousness, the anger, the frustration, uh, the, the partisanship. And I can only imagine that 2020 is going to be even worse. And unfortunately, that has been proven largely to be true. Um, we're just as divided, if not more so, than we were four years ago. And so anyways, when I brought that up to our worship planning team, I just encouraged everyone um, to start brainstorming. How, what are ways that we can have healthy con- uh, conversations where we can acknowledge the fact that within our congregation, we have people who are going to vote very differently. Um, we have p- people who are hoping for a very different outcome, and yet we sit in the same congregation. We worship together. We sing the same songs. We listen to the same teachings. Um, we love one another, hopefully, uh, as, as Christ did, and we serve in the same kingdom. And so we brainstorm different ideas. Last year, or earlier in this year, we did a series of Sunday school classes that I led, um, just talking about these things and trying to be open in our dialogue. I've addressed it uh, from the pulpit about um, how we need to be a people who are loving one another, who are listening, who are willing to learn and not put our hope in a single party in the United States. So I've tried to approach it from different standpoints, but the scripture that has most stood out to me 
really there's two, two scriptures that have stood out to me um, from, from a shepherding standpoint throughout this whole election cycle. And the one comes from Joshua, which is maybe a strange place uh, to draw inspiration, but the one comes from Joshua, and, and it's what I built that Sunday school class around earlier this year um, before COVID when we were still meeting together. And it's in Joshua chapter five. This is after Joshua has been raised up to be the next leader after Moses. He has been confirmed in his leadership. They have um, crossed the Jordan River and now they're approaching Jericho. And it says in chapter five of Joshua, starting in verse 13, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or are you for our adversary? So let me paint the picture. Joshua getting ready to take the people into battle. He's off meditating or praying on his own. And he looks up and there is a man with a drawn sword. So his immediate reaction is to say, are you for us or are you against us? Now listen to, to the response. And he said, verse 14, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. Did you catch that? Here's Israel, God's set-apart people, set-apart covenant people. God has been leading them into the promised land. Here's the commander of the Lord's army, and Joshua says to him, are you for us or are you against us? And his response is, no. And I think the, the reason why he says no there is not that he's opposed to Joshua, but that's actually not the right question to ask God. So often we want to take God and we want to fit him into our own political boxes, our own religious boxes, our own spiritual boxes, our own relational box, and say, are you for me? Are you against me? Are you going to do things my way? We so desperately often are tempted and desire to make God into our image instead of being made into his image. And so that to ask God, are you for me, isn't really the appropriate question. It's reverse. It's the other way around. Joshua, are you for me? So, brother, sister, <laughs> God does not play politics according to our system. So once again, no matter what the outcome is, be encouraged. The question is not, you know, <laughs> is God's kingdom going to be shaken or, or, or upset because of who's going to serve in, in office the next four years? The question is, are we for God, not is he for us? And then the second scripture, famous scripture from the Apostle Paul in uh, Philippians, uh, starting in chapter 3, he's writing to the church in Philippi, which was a Roman colony where the Romans had taken uh, many uh, retired soldiers who had Roman citizenship, and Rome was overpopulated. So instead of taking these soldiers that had earned their citizenship and allowing them to retire in the Roman capital, what they did was they created these colonies and allowed them to carry out their Roman citizenship in these different cities. So Philippi was one of these Roman colonies where many former soldiers um, who had earned their citizenship, their Roman citizenship, had retired or were living after they had left 
the military, and they were very proud, the people of Philippi were very proud of their Roman citizenship because it carried power and it carried authority and it gave them certain rights that other people didn't enjoy. And Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, he says to them, remember this, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so easy for us to think of ourselves in terms of, you know, our main identity is based in the place that we live. And, and I'm not saying that's not important. It, it's a wonderful thing to be where you are from and live where you live and enjoy the religious freedoms and all of the things that come uh, with being an American citizen is, is a great blessing. But our citizenship, our deepest identity, where we get our courage, where we get the strength to be who we are meant to be, is not based in our citizenship in this land, in, in this political system, in this kingdom, but in an eternal kingdom over which Jesus Christ reigns eternally. So let me encourage you today, again, no matter what you're feeling, that you serve a king who is eternal, that who is above the fray, who reigns over all. He doesn't serve as an elected official. He doesn't serve for four years and then get removed. He is eternal. He is the rock upon which all things are built. So be encouraged today. Be of great hope. Like the Lord said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Know that the Lord is with you. Not because he's playing your political games or my political games or our system's political games, but because he has a kingdom and he has invited us to be a part of that kingdom. So find your identity in the kingdom of Jesus. Jesus Christ today. Yes, serve your neighbor, work for the common good, but be of great hope knowing that Jesus Christ wins and he reigns forever. Let's pray and just um, enjoy our citizenship in heaven today. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you that we are a part of an eternal story, not just the temporary one that we're living now, with all the chaos and all the confusion. Thank you for faithfully walking your people through every generation. Kings, earthly rulers, they come and they go. They rise and they fall. Some are righteous, some are wicked, and some are mixed. But there is one king and one kingdom that lasts forever. And through Jesus Christ, you have invited us to be a part of that kingdom. And so may we stand in it and live in it with great courage and strength today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God. Have a wonderful day.